Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? My name is Morgan Colby. What's up? Rick Lemon is back with us. Yeah, what? The last, the last, what is it? The last month and a half or so. Rick's had to do some shows by himself. I've had to do some shows by myself. Good to be back. It's summer, bro. Good to be back. That's how it is. Uh, yeah, I honestly, um, summer is already not my favorite season. And it, it's actually uh, now that I've, I've lost a ton of weight and I'm I'm healthy again, I like summer a little bit better. Oh, there you go. Uh, but everyone plans everything in the summertime. If any of you are married listening to the show, you know what I'm talking about. You kind of just wake up and get told what to do. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, I make all my plans in the summer. So. Everyone gets married. And when you're young, see, I can't wait to be old. Like, no, not old. Like middle aged, because then your kids are too young to get married, and you don't have any friends that are getting married. So then you don't have all these weddings to go to. But I got two, three weddings to go to this summer, and I'm in one of them. So that includes a bachelor party, which sounds like a blast. But it's a lot of uh, activities that I got to do, and then I I got a birthday celebration. Sounds like you're complaining about fun right now. It really does sound like I'm complaining about fun. I just don't. I I'm a spontaneous dude, right? So I like I like to be spontaneous with my plans. Have an open schedule. These are all planned right. plan events. But anyway, Rick, no, how that's was your fair. vacation? That's fair. What'd you say? How was your vacation? Oh, it was good. It was good. I still about uh, myself for 25 minutes. I still um even on vacation I had we had a rainy day where we didn't really do anything. And I started my projections. Ooh. So. Oh. I'm only like three teams in though. Oh, yeah. Which ones did you do? The first three? Yeah. I just go in alphabetical yeah, order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, but anyway, welcome on in the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about our top five bounce back players for the 2022, 2022 fantasy football season. Um, it feels like yesterday we were doing 2020. Or 2019, or even 2019. Yeah, when we, right, well, that was the first year we started this thing, right? Was it? I don't know. Can't remember. It actually, might have been 2020. I don't know. No, it was 2019. Wow, that's crazy. Earlier, but anyway. Um, so yeah, we're gonna talk about our top five bounce back players for the 2022 fantasy football season, um, and we'll we'll get to that expeditiously. I also want to hit on a certain breaking news point. Uh, that happened while well, Rick was gone, and I had recorded two shows prior to that already. So we'll get to that in a second. But uh, before we do, check our website, fantasygymies.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, any of those platforms. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcast platforms, please leave a review. Share this pod with your friends. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. Click the bell for notifications. Like and comment down below any questions you may have for Rick or I. Uh, and let's get to that breaking news point, Rick. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, we had a pretty massive uh, trade that came through the hemisphere. 
And I guess I could I could multiply this into two takes, but I'm not sure if the second the second one really is just hearsay and speculation. But anyway, uh, Baker Mayfield was traded to the Carolina Panthers for a fifth round pick. So the same pick value that they used to get uh, Sam Howell is that correct? That's the quarterback they drafted. I think. So. Wait, or was it for the Panthers? Yeah, was it Sam Howell? No, or was they, it, like Matt, uh, they it was Matt Corral. Matt Corral. Matt Corral. So same same draft value, I, I believe, to get Baker Mayfield that they used to get that guy. So, um, how do you feel about that? What what does that do for the Carolina Panthers? Um, I love it. Uh, I've been I've been hoping Baker was going to get traded to Carolina for a while. Yeah. I'd rather Carolina than Seattle for selfish purposes because I have DJ Moore. Um, okay. But no, I do like it. Um, it's probably the best quarterback they've had in that organization for, I mean, since Cam Newton was healthy. Yeah. So it's been like four years or so. Um, so this, this is a good thing for the offense because they might've, I mean, they were really bad last year, really, really bad passing offense last year. Mm -hmm. And it looked like it was going to be the exact same thing, but at least now there's hope. And I don't think Baker's going to go in there and play great. But if he just plays average, if he has, if he plays like an average NFL quarterback, yeah, that boosts a lot of the guys on the offense. Um, and with Christian McCaffrey, uh, hopefully being healthy, yeah, I actually like the Panthers' offense a little bit this year. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I don't know if they're gonna be a great team. I don't think they will be. They'll probably be like seven and ten or something like that. But mm. um, I do think it's an upgrade for a lot of those guys. I think Baker's actually a decent value in deep super flex leagues. Or well, I shouldn't even say deep super flex leagues, just regular super flex mm. leagues. I think he's a pretty good value. Too. Um, I think he in best ball is like the QB 26, 27 right now. Mm. Um, I'm sure that will go up uh, since the trade is still recent. But if you can get him there, I think he's going to be a top, you know, tw- he'll be in like that 20 ish range to me of quarterbacks. So. Yeah. Um, pretty decent value in Superflex. Yeah, it's exciting that um, I said I think I said a couple weeks ago that if if Baker was going to get traded, it was either going to be Seattle, which I wanted more than Carolina, but I have uh, zero Seattle, Metcalf shares, so I don't care. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't have any Metcalf I got shares, either, shares, but I wanted to draft him this year. And I physically can't do it because the quarterback blows. Um. But no, so it was either Carolina or or Seattle, and Carolina obviously won that. Um, I I I don't understand the Baker Mayfield hate that is circulating because um, I was listening to another podcast and they brought up the stat. I think it's that I, I want to check this to confirm it, but Sam Darnold has never had never had more than. 20 touchdowns in a season? Yeah, he's no, never he had has more not. In the last two years with the Jets and the Panthers, he's only played 12 games each. Oh, my gosh. Season, but he's only scored nine touchdowns each season. <laughs> yep. Um, Baker, last year, he did have, like, five rushing touchdowns, but that's, still. That's fair. But Baker Mayfield, last season, was an anomaly year. In 14 games, he threw 17 touchdowns. But every year in his career, he's thrown 20 or more. So 27, 22, yep. 26. I don't know how people look at this guy on a terrible organization called the Cleveland Browns who make poor football decisions regularly. Um, 
I don't know how you look at this quarterback and say it's equivalent to or only a slight upgrade on Sam Darnold. Like, this is a big upgrade on Sam Darnold. Baker's not a good quarterback. Like He's a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback. He's not a 10, top 10 quarterback. Yes. I don't even know if yep. he's top 12 or 14. But he's good enough. Like, would you say that he's maybe, like, slightly worse than Kirk Cousins? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, like, but that's an upgrade over Sam Donald. Sam Donald's just not a good quarterback. So Yeah, he's just not an NFL quarterback, which NFL starting quarterback, at least, which is sad. But I don't understand the Baker, like, like he doesn't throw no, a lot of passing yards. that's a great yards. point. He doesn't throw a lot of passing yards. He does throw a lot of interceptions. Um, so it's like there's some bad parts of Baker's game. But I think for, for his sake and for Carolina's sake, this is a good quarterback that can do good things for, for Carolina. And I think this puts all, takes a lot of pressure off Christian McCaffrey, obviously, because now you have to worry about the passing game um, slightly more than you did before. And then I think the person who helps the most, obviously, is DJ Moore. So, like, we've talked, Rick and I were talking about prior to the show is that DJ Moore can't score more than four touchdowns. Um, if he doesn't do it this year, I don't think he'll ever do it ever. So there's that. But no. <laughs> this is the time I was kind of like DJ Moore is a much better uh, fantasy receiver right now than Terry McLaurin. But Rick and I were talking about T-Mac and how we keep throwing him on, you know, breakout lists and we get excited about him. And then he just craps all over our parade every year. And it's probably the Washington commanders and not necessarily Terry McLaurin. But I've kind of put DJ Moore in that same conversation where it's like you always expect this breakout for him. And then he ends up being like you know, either a low, low end wide receiver one or, you know, a mid to high end wide receiver two. And he just doesn't perform at the breakout, you know, top three wide receiver level that people think he could, he could be over the last couple of years. Um, and so the expectations for me have come down for him, but now you add Baker and maybe those expectations go back up, but I think Baker helps the football team. I don't know what they're going to look yeah. like football wise I mean, like but in real life, but that was a good point though, because like, Baker's arguably worst season. You could you could say the second year of his career was worse. Yep. Either way, um, last year was his lowest season in touchdowns and yards, and he still would have had more touchdowns than Darnold by almost double. Yep. And he would have had 500 more passing yards. So if he just plays like he did last year, which is not good at all, and he will not be a starting quarterback anymore if he plays again like last year that's still good for dj Moore. like this is just all around good news for dj Moore. i think um you know the panthers as a team last year because i know donald was hurt so Mm -hmm. they had more than nine passing touchdowns but as a team they only had 14 passing touchdowns the whole season yeah if you're telling me dj Moore had four of them (laughs) if you if you're telling me that baker comes in next year and doesn't get 22 or more touchdowns um, like you're you're expecting him not to throw 22 or more touchdowns. I would be like, okay, what what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but I will say, uh, career for Sam Donald, same same amount of, same draft, same amount of years as Baker Mayfield. Uh, he has 54 touchdowns, and um, Baker Mayfield has 92. So there's that. Yeah. So anyway, that happened. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to get to because we got to get into the main segment for the show was a quick report that the Seattle Seahawks are doing their due diligence or have done their due diligence on trying to acquire Jimmy Garoppolo from the 49ers. Um, 
The 49ers have a real conundrum here because now they're stuck with their hands in their pants now that Baker has gone to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they have to pay Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it's 25-plus million next year. If they're going to pay him like that, then he, he should be the starting quarterback. He started. Yep. Like, they're staring right into the face, and I think the rest of the fantasy community should as well as we draft Trey Lance in the ninth round. Um that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starting quarterback for the 49ers next year. And I don't think this is going to be a quarterback battle if they don't trade him. So he's got to go somewhere and they're either going to cut him, trade him or keep him and start him. It goes one of those three ways. I think it's most likely a trade, but as we approach training camps, I would expect franchises to be like, Hey, we want this guy on our football team, (laughs) you know, to prepare for the season. Uh, and if he doesn't get traded by the beginning of the preseason, I don't think that he's going to find a home. Even then feels a little late. Like, I feel like if you get to the preseason, I don't know if he's going to be traded and it makes sense for the Seahawks to be interested. It feels like they're the last team that needs to get their guy, but it's an inner division trade. I don't know if the 49ers want to do that because if you trade Garoppolo Mm -hmm. to the Seahawks, and Trey Lance sucks, and Garoppolo is decent, then, then you just beat you yourself look, in the butt. It looks bad. But tell me who's going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. Like, if, so, you, want, if you want something back, then... There's no team. There's no team. No teams. You're not just I saw a report that the Buccaneers would be interested, um, but Tampa. they want him for next year because they want him to replace Brady, which is just hilarious. Um, funny, but that's also this, interdivision. No, it's not. It's not interdivision. Yahoo Sports suggests the Houston Texans as a potential suitor. That I could see for Jimmy Garoppolo. But that's if David Mills. I could Mills see blows. that too. Like, I could see. I could see them if Davis Mills comes out next year. They want to give him a, a chance, can. though. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. He's a garbage can. Then they could trade right. Jimmy. But I'm just. I don't know how the 49ers keep Garoppolo and also keep that twenty, you know, whatever million dollars on the books on the bench. Like that doesn't make sense to me. Like even if you want to move on to the next guy, like that's a lot of money. And it's like you right. have a rookie quarterback and you're wasting the rookie contract when you could go out and sign other guy. Like I don't understand what the 49ers are doing. They they miscalculated this very very poorly. I think it's too late for them now because now there's no market for it, but there might have been a slight market for him in the beginning well, of the Well, not even just that, but like like what did they think they were going to get? It's already right. bad that you have to trade a uh, pick. that that large contract away. Like two years ago, two years ago before the Patriots drafted Mac Jones, Bill Belichick would have given you a second round pick, <laughs> and you yeah. you pooped all over that. Now you might get lucky to get a sixth or a seventh. So there's that. Uh, but anyway, so those Thanks. are the two news points that I wanted to get to uh, as we approach the regular season. I'm probably going to do the 49ers uh, and. 49ers and the uh, what team did I say was going to go to Seattle last because I don't know what's going to happen with them um, for my projections. But anyway, let's jump into uh, unless you have any more thoughts on those guys. No, no, I think we can. Let's jump in quickly to our uh, top five bounce back rankings, which you came here for 15 minutes into the show. Um, And we're going to start off with the first guy who is Russell Wilson. Now, I pulled up his statistics uh, over the last couple years, but before I get to that, I'm going to go back to 2018. Um, before I do get to that, um, 
obviously this offseason, a pretty big offseason for Russ. Uh, he gets traded from the Seattle Seahawks, a team who does not like to pass the football at all. Um, and they, they balked at the idea of let Russ cook. Um, and so he goes to the Denver Broncos. He's now on a team that I think talent-wise is probably relatively equal. Um, would you say that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they have a better defense. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just in terms of their offense, offense, yeah, yeah. offense, I'd say it's about equal. Yeah. So I would say, I would say that for Russ, obviously, this is a good move. We we talked about how if Rodgers went to Denver, all the Denver Broncos assets would go through the roof, and I think Rodgers probably would have taken a you know a step forward um, as well. But you see Russ over the, the last year or so. And he just hasn't been a very good quarterback. Um, in the past, he's finished very high. And I'm going to give those, I'll give you those numbers now. Um, Russ finished quarterback nine in 2018. In 2019, Russ was QB uh, four on the season. And then in 2020, I think he took a step backwards. No, he, well, a slight step backwards. The list so I'm QB looking six. at has the different QB six, different numbers. Oh, QB6 was right, yeah. Yeah, that was so anyway, I was in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Last oh, okay. year in 2021, <laughs> uh, Russ fell off of a bandwagon, missed a couple of games, but he was QB19 at 17 points per game. That does not get the job done. That's not even – I don't think that's top 10 um, points per game-wise. So obviously you have Russell Wilson – I mean, uh, Russell Wilson not having a great year last year. What makes him a bounce back this year, Rick? Um, for one, I think he gets out of Seattle, which had a horrible style of offense. In terms of talent, they do have talent. DK Metcalf, Tyler Rocket. I actually think Denver, thinking about it, has a little bit more talent because the running backs are more talented. Um, the offensive line is more talented. Okay. Uh, and then the receiving core, I think, is deeper. Maybe they don't have a DK Metcalf, a bit but Colin Sutton and Jerry Judy are, you know, still very very good wide receivers so he gets in a better situation but it's also a more um it's a more competent offense uh the seahawks especially last year became really dull they ran the ball a lot they have one of the slowest paced offenses in the nfl um it's old school and it just doesn't work it's almost like it's Um, almost like pete carroll lost the super bowl not running the football and decided to change his entire offense (laughs) yeah and then one of the reasons why russ was so low he did miss a couple games, but even so, he only had 400 pass attempts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his quarterback nine finish in 2018, where he played the whole season, one of the reasons he finished so low, he only had 427 pass attempts. That was in the near the bottom Russ of the was league. QB1 uh, in, in Denver, 2017, by the way. I wanted to bring that up, too. True. That is true. Uh, in Denver, that's not going to happen. Uh, I'm not saying Denver is going to go out there and throw the ball 700 times because they're not. They are going to run the ball. But it's going to be a slightly higher-paced offense. And Russ's best years, or not, not necessarily his best years, but the years that he had the most pass attempts, 2014, his 2014. career high in pass attempts is 558. That's, mm-hmm. that's really not anything crazy. I think he does that this year. And last time he did that, he threw 40 touchdowns. So uh, I think that's happening again. Uh, I don't necessarily mean that doesn't necessarily mean he's a top five quarterback, but he's going to be right in that mm-hmm. conversation as like QB yeah. six, QB seven. Um, and it's because of that situation in Denver compared to Seattle. 
Uh, and I still think the talent around him is very good. Like, like I said, Judy and Sutton are good receivers, but uh, Tim Patrick as a wide receiver three is probably better than any wide receiver three in Seattle. Um, KJ yeah. Hamler too is an actual deep threat. Um, again, better depth than Seattle. The tight end position, mm-hmm. uh, Seattle didn't really have a tight end. Uh, Denver, Denver has Alberto and the guy they drafted uh, was it Dolich, um, the receiving Dolich. tight end. So nothing, nothing, anything crazy, but Seattle wasn't anything crazy either. So I'm, I'm pretty high on Russ this year. Um, and two, the value is good. He is the value is good. Yeah. 320. Uh, I'm sorry. That was the projection. He's uh, eighth quarterback off the board, pick 78. So you can get this guy not too expensively. Um, but so the questions, you know, like last year there was, he obviously played in 14 games. He had to miss some time. Um, I don't think that would have changed where his positioning was this past season really that much. He probably would have went to like QB 15 instead um, had he played those games. But a lot of people had talked about how, you know, Russ didn't really look the same last year, which he didn't. And he just had some struggles. And I think, I think, you know, obviously a quarterback who hurts their throwing hand will struggle coming back too early from an injury that they shouldn't have come back from that soon. Um, so I, I think that's, that's point, yeah. why he wasn't playing well, and that's also not an injury that is that is going to hamstring your career. You know what I mean? Like it's going to kill your career. It's just that he had a thumb injury and he wasn't able to play through it as well as he thought he could, and that affected his game. Um, there also have been talks surrounding Denver Broncos mini camps, and I'm assuming you're going to see this in training camp coming up. Is they want to run a similar style offense to what got Russ to the Super Bowl back in 2012, 2013, 2014, those seasons. And um, before Seattle went very, very, very run heavy later in his time with the Seattle Seahawks, there was this really good passing attack for Russell Wilson. Um, They always ran a slow style offense, but if this guy hits 600 passing attempts, and he does what he did like even just two or three years ago. Like he'll be a top three quarterback easy. And you can get that a pick seven. That's great. But even if he doesn't and he's like QB six, QB seven, that's still a one. That's still a great back. I like bounce back player. So I'll yeah. take that. All and back. like I, like I said, that many pass attempts is not even like crazy. It's not outlandish. Um, like if he throws 560 pass attempts, that mm-hmm. puts him at like 12 or 13 in the league. So, so, like, I think he could do that. And, uh, two, the Denver changed their – did they change their coach again? Freaking A, I can't. They did. It's Green Bay. Oh. Offense coordinator. Okay. All right. So, they're going to pass. <laughs> they should be passing. Right, on. yeah. All right. So, I, I love Russ. I, I think if, if you want not just a bounce-back player, but a potential, like – um very strong value pick, but a potential like top five quarterback this year. Uh, Russell Wilson is definitely that later in the seventh and eighth round. So yeah. I'll have him on a lot of my redraft teams, but anyway, let's move on to the next guy. Allen Robinson. He also has uh, interchanged teams. And I wanted this guy out of Chicago so badly for so many years until they got fields. Um, but even when they got fields, I was like, get him out of Chicago. They suck. As long as Matt Nagy's there. They didn't even use him. They, yeah. they didn't even use him. So A-Rob was uh, struggling, struggling, struggling last year. 
Uh, but in previous seasons, he's been, you know, kind of a really, really great asset to have in fantasy football. He's never, he was never going to break off into that top five, six, seven, like category, but he was always getting a lot of targets and was very consistent with those targets. He kind of reminds me of like a, a, a slightly poor man's Mike Evans in a way. Um, always yeah. finishing in that low wide receiver one, high and wide receiver two conversation. Um, now he goes into Los Angeles after what he signed there, right? It was a contract. Sign? Yep. Okay. That wasn't a trade. Um, he goes to the Los Angeles Rams, um, which opens up a lot of offensive opportunities for him. The Rams were one of the best offensive passing attacks last year. Um, Odell came in and was good and Odell has not been good for a while. So I think a Rob is going to be redeemed in Los Angeles, but what makes to you, Rick, uh, Allen Robinson, a bounce back player this year? Uh, for me, I think he's still a good player. Uh, in 2019 and 2020, he finished in PPR as a mm-hmm. top 10 fantasy receiver. And then last year uh, he wasn't good at all. And he played in 12 games. So it wasn't even fully injuries. Um, but the way he was used was disgusting. I mean, six yards, uh, 6.21 yards per target. Uh, he only had 10 yards per reception, one touchdown, and he wasn't really getting looked at at all in the offense, uh, with only 66 targets. And I would love to see his quality of targets as well, which I'm sure was Mm -hmm. not good either. Now he goes into a situation that is a hundred times better. Matt Stafford is a huge upgrade over Andy Dalton and rookie Justin Fields. Um, he's going to be the wide receiver too in a role that Robert Woods was yeah. fantastic in. Odell Beckham was fantastic in. Um, he should slide right in there. And Cooper Cup's not getting 200 targets or whatever again. Um, so there's going to be plenty of work to go around. That Rams team passes the ball a lot too. So, yeah. um, And they're probably going to be a top five to top ten offense. So you You'd expect to see a lot of touchdowns from Allen Robinson as right. well. Um, he should just slide in and play his role, and if he does that, he's going to be really, really solid and a huge bounce back player, considering how bad he was last year. Oh yeah, he was he was atrocious. Um, I wanted to pull up his reception perception chart um, and see what his success rate versus coverages were. So, 81st percentile against man. This is last year. 96th percentile against press. Um, against zone, he was 24th percentile. Uh, that does that suggests to me that he's not bad against zone. <laughs> yeah. But whatever plays they were running for Chicago are just garbage. Um, yeah. He has 74% um, success rate against double coverage. Um, wasn't ranked uh, in percentiles because he didn't have enough um, sample size to do that. But anyway... Uh, so he, he's still got it. He can still route run. He has success with a lot of different routes. Um, he's a good wide receiver. I think that his problems were the Chicago bears and yeah. Matt Nagy and that entire, like, I think he also kind of gave up on them too a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, he went from wanting to be in Chicago and wanting to sign a contract there to see a freaking later. I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> so yeah. they pushed him back, but I think, I think, you know, for him, he's going to step into 2022 with a new team, a team coming off a Super Bowl win, and a team that knows their offensive identity. Um, and he's going to be, I think, very, very good this year. And he'll get back to what he was before, which is a low-end wide receiver one. Um, 
I, what is his ADP again? Did you say that when you were? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I on think it's like it's like fifth round. On sleeper in the fifth round. right now, Allen Robinson is pick 61. So, yeah, basically fifth round pick. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's Allen Robinson, one of the bounce back players. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster comes in number three here. Not These are in no particular, by the way. There's just five guys. Um, but Juju <laughs> Smith-Schuster... Is the third guy on our list, and he comes in um, to a new situation as well. Don't worry, the last two guys did not leave situations to go to another team, which yes, mo- that's not the whole probably show. makes them uh, most like a bounce back at this point. Um, but Juju, uh, he hasn't just been bad this year or this past year, but he was also bad the year before. Um, and the last time he was good was with Ben Roethlisberger when they had Antonio Brown for an entire season. That's really the last time he was good. He had 160-plus targets. He was a wide receiver one that season. And uh, I remember coming out of that season, Rick, and then they lost AB and just all of the hype surrounding. We pushed it. Everyone pushed it. Juju was supposed to be this guy. Um, And then he came out week one, and Big Ben got hurt. I think week two. Yep. So yep. he had like a decent week one and then week two, that was it. He Mason Rudolph the rest of the season. And then last year he was just bad. So I think for Juju, he needed to leave last off season and go to a team like the chiefs or the Ravens. And he didn't do it. He decided to stay in Pittsburgh and it didn't really help his cause. Um, so now he finally does it goes to the chiefs, the plus side of going. Normally I would say, all right, Going to the Chiefs, you have two main targets there. What is the target share actually going to look like for Juju? Maybe 110 to 120. But they traded Tyreek Hill. So now you have Juju and um, Sky Moore, Michael Hardman. Um, there's just not a lot of... MVS. Yeah, MVS. There's just not a lot of targets there uh, that I'm particularly worried about. But I do think Juju, he is not going to play outside. He's not going to play like a Tyreek Hill role. Uh, He is most likely to play in the slot where he uh, thrives in. And uh, he'll most likely play similar role to that of what was his name when he played Sammy Watkins. Um, When Watkins was healthy and playing, uh, he was actually really good. And I think he averaged like eight to nine targets a game. Um, The problem was he was never on the field. Uh, so I think Juju will see that same target share, um, which would garner him probably somewhere around 160 targets, which is great. Uh, and I think he's definitely a massive bounce back player, not just from this year, but from the last two years. Um, and I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> Juju is not a sexy pick. I'll say that. Cause I, every time I see him in drafts, I think mentally pretend he's on the, on the Steelers. But I know right, right now his ADP is 76, but Rick, what, what makes him a, a breakout player for you or a bounce back player? I should say for you at 76, that's not too bad. Uh, he's definitely a bounce back player. I mean, he, like you said, that 2018 season, we all kind of were like, okay, this, this is his breakout. And he hasn't been the same since his full year with the big Ben, his last player 2020, he wasn't bad, but there was Claypool and Deontay Johnson kind of took over him, and the role that he was in was just purely in the slot, which is fine, and it's good for Juju. The problem is that Ben Roethlisberger would throw it to him three yards out every single time, and he'd get yeah. tackled immediately because it was a horrible throw. He had eight yards per reception in 2020. So, 
Not good at all, yeah. And then last year he wasn't good, but he also got injured. He only played in like four or five games. So on the Chiefs, though, he has a real opportunity to bounce back yeah, yeah. because, as you said, Terry Kill is gone. That depth chart does not really look good at all. Um, I don't like MVS at all. Uh, I'm not a big Hardman guy either. I know you like him. And Skymore is a rookie. So um, there is a couple mouths to feed, but none of them should be taking up too much. Yeah. And other than Travis Kelsey, of course. And then there's the Mahomes targets. factor. I, I think the, the, ch- the big thing is like you look at the vacated target share and then you look at the uh, lack of veterans in the receiving core. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to say that Mahomes is going to want to throw it at an experienced guy. Yeah, and Juju's going to probably be the third down guy as well. Um, and the Chiefs throw the ball a lot. Obviously, last year, Patrick Mahomes had 658 pass attempts. Right. Um, so, you know, there's going to be plenty to go around still. Uh, and if you believe in the player of Mahomes yeah. and you think Juju is going to be a starting receiver, yeah. then you should think Juju is going to bounce back. I mean, he had 37 touchdowns last year. The year mm-hmm. before that, he had 38. Um, Mahomes' worst season was 26 touchdowns, but he still threw over 4,000 yards. And he only did that in 14 games. And then the year before that, he had 50, which that's not going to happen again. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if he throws 35-plus touchdowns, mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey's not getting 30 of them. Uh, that It's going to be spread around, and Juju's not really known for getting a whole lot of touchdowns, but that could help him out um, mm-hmm. this upcoming season. He's for sure a bounce-back player. He's going to be better in the Chiefs than he ever was with the Steelers, yeah. other than 2018, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, totally agree. Love this player as a bounce-back. Um, A-Rob, Juju, those guys are wide receivers that – they're great values. And the, the other thing too is that like you can get you almost can get A-Rob and Juju in positions where you don't have to even start them week 1. Yeah. So it's like maybe flex guys. Yeah, maybe flex guys, but like it's it's one of those things where like I look at Juju and I'm like and I look at Allen Juju Robinson yeah. and I'm like I these guys can definitely like like they're high value picks at this point. And and you know you can you can target them in the later rounds. They're both higher in underdog, which shows kind of where the um, mindset is, <laughs> where they might finish. But as of right now, I mean, what would you I say sixty something Brown Robinson? I'm, I'm going off sleeper ADP right now. So. Yeah, no, no, and sometimes it doesn't change. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't change sleeper. And there's also guys like Antonio Gibson who on underdog is like eighth round. So <laughs> there you go. Um, but anyway, number four on this list, we have Cam Akers. Uh, Akers came into training camp last year, and he tore his Achilles, and then he miraculously recovered and played sometime last year. Uh, big issues with Cam Akers last year was um, I a bounce back. He's a bounce back clearly because of the injury thing. Um, he was going to come out and be like this superstar running back, and then he ended up getting hurt. And they had to go with Sony Michelle, Daryl Henderson, and among others for the Rams. Um, but Akers last year, when he did come back, didn't look great. Um, so that I guess makes him a double, a double uh, bounce back. There you go. Um, but he had five carries for uh, three total yards against the San Francisco 49ers in Week 18. That's not very good. Uh, and then in the in the playoff run, that was uh, his first game back. These after were his four months. These were his uh, during the playoff run. He had uh, I'm just going to give the attempts all the way through the Super Bowl: 17, 24, 13, 13, 
And then he had uh, yards per attempt uh, in that category at 3.24, 2, 3.69, and then 1.62. So that's not that's not very good. Yeah, that's, not, that's not good at all, actually. So I think for me, like what the what the Rams want is one singular running back. And I think they showed that. Cam Akers was out last year. You saw a stretch of time where Henderson was the number one running back and he was really good. And then he got hurt and there was a stretch of time where Sony Michelle was out there and he was actually pretty good. And so I think for the Rams, if you can have Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson have success in an efficient offense, um, I think you can see that from Cam Akers as well. I think a lot of why he wasn't playing well down the stretch here in, in the playoffs and in you know, the one game he played in the regular season where he was limited and not really getting any opportunity um, is because he came back from his Achilles injury a little bit too soon. But the fact that he was able to recover, get some games in last year, and then have this entire offseason yeah. to rest up, heal up, and get ready – um, I think that lends to good play. Now, I think because of the Achilles injury, that is one of those lingering bad injuries that happen to running backs, um, and it kind of ruins their outlook. Um, I think I saw a stat online that said that uh, it, when a running back gets an Achilles injury, um, they tend to lose like six or seven spots on where they usually, or, or based on the workload where they land. Uh, at the end of a fantasy football season. And so that's not good for Cam Akers. But hopefully he can overcome those odds and play, uh, you know, a full season and have success. But they want this guy to be the starting running back. Um, And I think he can be that and then some. And I think he's a great bounce back player this year. Yeah, the thing with that history, though, is a lot of those guys, for one, weren't as young as Cam Akers. Um I think modern medicine has helped a lot because the ACL injury used to also be like that. Not saying the Achilles and the ACL are the same. The Achilles is worse for sure. But I think it's better than what it was in the 90s or 80s. If you tore your Achilles, you were kind of done. Um, And there's also, I think Cam Akers is in a different situation because he still is starting running back. I don't know if there's ever been an elite guy who tore his Achilles at the age of 22 and was just done um, in the last few years at least. So, K-Makers could still be that. Uh, if you look at their depth chart, there's really not anything other than Daryl yeah. Henderson um, and a rookie that they took like late in the draft yep. to be kind of just like a special teamer. Uh, Sony Michelle's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So they clearly have faith in K-Makers to go be that guy, and that's enough for me. I mean, he doesn't even need to be super productive because yeah. I think he's going to get plenty of touches, whether it's in the passing game or running game. Um and if he's just decent, if he produces kind of just what he did as a rookie mm-hmm. um, in terms of like yards per carry um, and his re- receiving per uh, reception yep. and gets a couple more touchdowns, which he will because it's a much, much better offense, mm-hmm. um, then he's going to be a great bounce back. And a lot of people are down on him for the reasons that you were saying of his playoff performance and how bad it was. But that actually kind of encourages me a little bit, not necessarily of how he played, mm-hmm. but the fact that he did play that quickly and kind of got it out of the way. Yeah. And now he has another full off season to really recover. Um, you know, it's just 
pre or it's just like off season bull crap. So take it for what you uh, take it for what you want. But Kim Akers did say he feels like he's definitely a hundred percent, and yep. he's also mad about how he played in the playoffs and thinks he's going to be or thought he could play much better, which I like to hear too because mm-hmm. um, it shows that he knows that he can play good. And <clears throat> coming off an injury like that that quickly Mm -hmm. and now that he's ready to go and he has an edge to him i think it's a good it's a good sign we it's a good sign we've been waiting i'm not scared to draft him i'm not scared to draft him either and i think we i typically don't like to draft running backs within you know with injury history i'll i'll do it occasionally um but it's it definitely makes it more challenging but we've been waiting for you know, I had I had a I had a love for Todd Gurley back in the day. Um 2017, yep. 2016. Uh Todd Gurley was your guy. Todd Gurley was my guy. And I've been waiting for this Rams offense to bring back a Todd Gurley like player. And I, I think Cam Akers is that kind of guy. But he's gotta stay healthy. He's gotta stay on the field. And I think he'll not only bounce back from his injury, but bounce back from his misfortune in the playoff um, playoffs and, and the way he's played in the past. And I think he's going to have a really good season. So um, let's get to the last guy and then wrap up the show. It's Miles Sanders. Um, and this one's a little bit gross. This is a guy that I loved. And then I don't understand why the last two years I've had Gibson and Sanders and I've gotten pooped on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm done with these. I'm done with these. What I think are pass catching running backs. Um, <laughs> he just keeps screwing me over and over again. But uh, this is a guy that uh, the last two years hasn't really lived up to the opportunities that he's been given. His best season was really his. Uh, well, actually, rookie year. Right? Was it? Was it a rookie year? Well, 2020, I would say. Yeah, 2020. He, was, was he just was injured. Yeah. So. We've we've had these expectations for Sanders. I don't have the same expectations for Sanders anymore. Like I don't think he's going to be really, really like top five running back esque going into twenty twenty two. Those days are over. Those days are over. But I think he's a good value flex like running back right now. His underdog ADP is pick seventy seven, so you can get him as a flex. Um, rotate him in. Have him as a secondary running back in case one of your you know your two starting running backs do end up getting hurt. I like him as that. Um, but the big thing for him is that there's just been like, I think the Eagles had been going through a lot of uh, changes the last couple years. Reports are saying that Sanders wants more opportunities and that the Eagles are going to run the football more. So I, you know, coach speak, got to interpret it. Yeah. But in 2019, he had 0.9 fantasy points per opportunity, which is fantastic. In 2020, he had, 0.79 so dropped and then 2021 he was the worst he's ever been in his career 0.69 um so i think the the thing that i've noticed that has been a massive change is just the pass catching opportunity um that he's had he had 50 catches year one 28 last year and then 26 last year uh 20 28 and 2020 and 26 and 2021 so he's just had these uh really poor seasons um, and I, I think with the offense improving the way that it has, adding A.J. Brown, having year two Devonta Smith, having a little bit better of an offensive line, and Jalen Hurts hopefully playing a little bit better, 
there's a good shot that you can see uh, a guy like Miles Sanders have success um, moving forward. So I like where it's going. I don't have like a massive upside or ceiling here, but I think he's going to be good going into 2022. Rick, I will be right back. My laptop's about to die. So just talk about Miles Sanders and I'll come back. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't really disagree. Uh, he's definitely the grossest guy on this list. Um, not to mention he had zero touchdowns last year. So that's another thing to keep in mind, but on the ground, he's actually super efficient throughout his career, five yards to carry uh, 5.5 last year. Um, and if they're going to run the ball more, they already ran the ball a lot last year, but I'll take it. If he's healthy, give him 200 carries. Uh, and if he gets 200 carries and he's efficient and he's going to score touchdowns, he's not going to have another year with zero touchdowns. Um, then he's going to be a value pick and yeah. definitely a bounce back as well from RB 44, whatever. And people are really, really out on Miles Sanders. Um, and I do not blame them, but because of that, he's actually a value, which is disgusting because I've been on the Miles Sanders train with you yeah. for the last couple of years. And it's I just, gross, it's very I, gross, but he's actually worth it this year. I don't know what the Eagles uh, are doing. Um, 90% yeah, of the time. Sanders is a weird case because he stinks fantasy wise, but his yards per carry and like his on field play is actually really not bad. Yeah, his efficiency is, is pretty good. Like, you look at some of his efficiency metrics just uh last year in 2021, and like he was number 10 in yards per touch, number three in true yards per carry, number 10 in breakaway runs, um, number five in breakaway run rate. Uh, I literally just ran, so I'm trying to catch my breath. Um, so, and he's also number one in run blocking rating, which is a weird stat to to have. I don't know <laughs> when he would. Up. I don't know. I I kind of they should put uh, an advanced metric for pass blocking for running backs because that would be good. Um, but anyway, so yeah, no, he's he's actually been relatively efficient. His catch rate seventy six point five percent. That's pretty good. Um, so I just want to see them give him more opportunity. I think he deserves it. I think at this point in his career, like, I don't know if they will, but the splits rushing are just, they're bizarre. Like 137 rushing attempts for Miles Sanders. He was clear the, clearly the number one guy, but then Jordan Howard had 86. Boston Scott had 87. Gainwell had 68. Jason Huntley had 13. Jalen Rieger had 10. Minshew had nine over here. <laughs> so I'm like, what? what is going on here? Like, just the running backs. Five running backs have attempts on the season. Four running backs have, I would say, a good chunk of opportunities. 68, 87, 86. I'm like, what? Give one guy the opportunities. I'm so tired of them splitting between Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gamewell. Like, give Sanders the opportunity, see if he's the guy, and then go from there. You have Kenneth Gainwell as an option in the back. Of course, the Eagles, aren't, that, but the Eagles aren't listening to me right now. So, Ooh, the no, Patriots made a trade. They traded Nikhil Harry to the Bears uh, oh. for, for what? Love it. Justin Fields gets his guy. <laughs> yeah, the, wide receiver four a seventh rounder in 2024 oh what a horrible 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 draft pick oh god yeah that's 
that's not good. But anyway, um, so there are your top five bounce back running backs for the 2022 fantasy football season. Yeah, Russ, we got Robinson, Smith Schuster, Cam Akers, the future Todd Gurley, Miles Sanders. Make sure you're getting these, dra- getting your drafts and try to get these players. They're going to bounce back this year. I'm sure of it. Uh, we got a mock draft on Thursday. We'll see you then, guys. Bye. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.